everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of Well Actually, the Athletic MMA's podcast about MMA and other stuff. As usual, this is your host, Fernanda Prates, and we're just coming off UFC on ESPN Plus 16, which took place in Vancouver this past Saturday. As those of you who are listening already probably know, Justin Gaethje beat Donald Cerrone in the main event. It was probably a shorter affair than many of you degenerates would have liked, but the violence gods did that get their sacrifice in the form of a first-round TKO. But we're not going to talk about that fight today. We're talking about somebody else who fought that night. Well, fighting was one of the things that this guy did. He also danced and flew and jumped and did backflips and probably reversed the rotation of the earth for a second there. But you know, another thing this guy did? He lost. And now, long story short, the half of the internet who doesn't absolutely love him apparently really, really hates him. And you probably have guessed by this point, we're talking about Brazilian madman Michel Pereira, who for some people seems to have gone from must-watch to unwatchable in a matter of 15 minutes. And while Pereira isn't the first victim of sudden shifts in public MMA opinion, and he certainly won't be the last, I gotta say this one seems to have happened at a record speed, at least from where I was standing. So my question is, why? Why the hate, man? Why can't we all just get along? Is it because he missed weight? Is it because some people are just so passionate about this not-at-all-weird sport that is MMA that they hate to see the sanctity of it tarnished by cartwheels? Is it because people just hate fun? Or am I just being my old negative self here and completely blowing this thing out of proportion? That's a tough one to crack. So tough indeed that I have recruited help. Today, I'm joined by my friend and colleague, Guilherme Cruz from MMAfighting.com. Guilherme is a longtime MMA reporter like me. He's also a Brazilian correspondent like me. And I have a hunch that, very much like me, he's also run out of patience for people being assholes on the internet. Is that a fair assessment, Guy? That's 100% accurate, Fernanda. First of all, thank you for, for having me on your podcast. You're doing a fantastic job since joining The, the Athletic. It's uh, really, really proud of you. And yeah, I'm, I, I don't understand all the hate towards Pereira. Awesome. I, I thought so. So welcome to you, to everyone. And let's get to the very aerodynamic matter at hand. First, a little context on who we're talking about here. Uh, Pereira is actually pretty young. He's 25, but he's no newbie. He told me he actually used a fake ID for his first pro fight at 17, and he has since fought 33 times professionally. And he fought all over the place too, anywhere from his native Pará to Peru, Mongolia, Japan, Serbia, you name it. Uh, but his breakout moment really happened this year in February after a Road FC 52 performance. And there's really no other word for that because it was a full on performance that uh, really blew up. And it blew up because it was basically insane. He broke out every move in the book. And I guess it takes a lot for us to be surprised at things at this point, but he managed. I talked to him at the time. Um, right after things really go went viral and he was still like sort of trying to grasp all the attention and he hadn't really signed with the ufc yet but he was really expecting it to happen and as we know that did happen he had his debut in may won it very quickly uh knocked out danny roberts and then just this saturday he had his second ufc fight uh which he lost via decision to a short notice opponent in tristan Connolly, and uh it also happened 
after Pereira missed weight uh, just the day before. Anyway, I've been talking forever. I haven't been the most gracious host, but um, I guess Guy was... <laughs> <laughs> That's when you come in, Guy. You were watching the fight uh, like like the rest of us. And I noticed right away that on Twitter, you posted this screen grab of people, well, most specifically Brazilians, reacting to the fight and reacting very poorly, I might add. So I guess my first question, and no pressure, it just might ruin the rest of the podcast. <laughs> Did you also get that sense uh, that there was an immediate backlash? Like, am I not just imagining things here? No, no, it was immediate back backlash. Uh, if you go to UFC Brazil's Instagram page, every comment on uh, a photo of Pereira doing a backflip is people calling him a clown, telling him to, to, to join the circus, to stop fighting MMA, he's a joke and this and that. People don't seem to like fun. <laughs> I, don't, I, I, I don't get it. In May, he was a star, the, the new Johnny Walker, someone that was doing uh, all kinds of stuff to entertain us, and now everyone seems to hate him. I, I don't get it. I mean, he's been doing that his entire career. Uh, he's been called a, a clown, uh, all that criticism. Even before he joined the UFC, every time he fought, people will, will, will tell him that. Uh, but now people seem to hate it because he lost. I don't get it. I mean, if, 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 if you watch his career, uh, he has many losses in his career. He, he wasn't his first loss. He's, but, I mean, not every fighter is in the UFC to become champion. Not every fighter is, uh, is the next big star who's going to go 20 and 0, and 8 and 0 uh, as a professional. Someone that goes there to entertain, to, to do fun stuff, to do weird stuff. I mean, just enjoy it. There are a lot of the UFC is putting on thousands of fights a year. We don't, we, we don't. I, I mean, people. We in, in every event, in every card, we have shitty fights. Mm -hmm. they, they go the distance, 15 minutes. That we 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 wish we would get our 15 minutes back because we waste a lot of time yeah. watching fights that what watching performance that are so boring but this guy tries something different he's he's been doing that his entire career but he's to blame i mean that's 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 the guy we, we want to hate uh, the, the guy that's doing backwards and stupid stuff i mean why hate that stuff type of thing he's he's just different let's let's sit back and 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 have fun if it's not your, your cup of tea, if you're not the, the, the type of guy that likes you, if you like, I mean, this is MMA, it's a serious sport, you have to take it seriously. Okay, just don't watch his fight. Yeah. But to complain like that, I, 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 I really don't get it. Yeah, it was actually that that was also my question. And um, I mean, let's try to get the bottom of it, but I don't think we will because it's just it's it's weird i i collected some of your uh, you you did get a screen grab uh right away of some of the immediate reactions and uh some of them like he thinks the circus stuff is gonna keep him in the ufc um he thinks he's fighting www that's not a thing uh instagram user uh he fights like brazilian cowboy uh, but sloppy, no discipline. When he wins, it's a show, but when he loses, it's a circus. Well, actually, this guy kind of like explained it <laughs> in the little. <laughs> um, the name of this is crazy stuff. He does all this. I don't even know how to say this in English. Prezepada, shenanigans. And uh, he didn't do the most important thing, which is fighting. He probably wants a spot at Cirque du Soleil. So, yeah. Yeah, the crowd wasn't really having it. Uh, it's interesting that you mentioned it because you made that point on Twitter. He 
he talked about, I'm sure he wasn't surprised that this happened because he talked about how even before he got the contract that he sort of got a ton of negativity because of the way he fought. But he also said, you know, this is who I am and I'm very aware that this is what's going to get me to the UFC. And it was, like you said, his record wasn't stellar. He wasn't out there like claiming LFA belts, you know. He was fighting a lot in Asia. He was losing a fair amount of fights. So it really was his style um, that really got him there in the first place so for people to want him to not be that way anymore it's kind of like um you sort of answered it in a way i don't really think it's a proper question but uh is there any logic to why like do you think it's it might have to do with the fact that he missed weight or just because he lost because we know that often when a person is winning like what they do is amazing and then the minute they lose it's like apparently horrible I think it's it's a bit big because he missed weight. Mm -hmm. uh, fans tend to, to to hold that against you for for a long time, but mostly because he lost. Mm -hmm. if, if even if he missed weight by just one pound, because he did, mm -hmm. uh, if he went there and won, like the Danny Roberts fight, he went there and knocked him out in the first round. People were were, were gonna love him. Mm -hmm. Just wait and see until Johnny Walker loses his first fight. People are gonna say he's a joke. He's ju he's just a clown with crazy uh, post-fight celebrations and flying knees and all that. But when he loses, people are gonna tell hold hold that against him, because people. I mean, if 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 Michel Pereira was doing that in Rising, mm -hmm. fans would love him. True. I think it's just because in the UFC, people expect you to if 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 you're in the UFC, they expect you to take this seriously and fight to become a champion. And if you go to Rising, they just face you as they just see you as a uh, phone fighter they, they 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 wouldn't care they wouldn't mind if you, if you went to bellator uh and bellator is uh gets a, a different leeway in terms mm -hmm. of matchmaking if we if, if went there and uh, bellator gave him five tuna fights just a lot of five a lot a, a lot of names for him to beat yeah. they would they, they wouldn't mind but if you see if, if the ufc did that Fans would mind. They they would want him to fight the toughest guy already, you know? like they did with Johnny Walker. Johnny Walker won his first fight. People were already asking him to fight John Jones. Okay, Johnny Walker is the goat. He's the greatest of, greatest of all times, and he's a future double champion. But he's a different topic. But in all serious now. Uh, you yeah. get it. If if if, if Michel Pereira won this fight, they will ask him to fight Conor McGregor next. <laughs> they would like to see face to face. No, no, book him against a wrestler. Uh, let's see what, how he does against Kobe Covington, against Kamaru Usman. Yeah. Oh man, keep giving him strikers. Let him, let him just do crazy stuff. He's there for the, for 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 this reason to entertain us. I think I it's, don't get it. it's interesting <laughs> that you mentioned it because uh, uh, I read somewhere on Twitter people saying that he should get the Michael Venom Page treatment. Right, because that's kind of like what Bellator did to to Venom Page, sort yeah. of just let him um, uh, fight those fights that would really showcase his his uh, quirks and not really stuff them. But it's interesting that you mentioned that. So yeah, I, I agree with you that the stage is also a factor. But something else that um, you mentioned uh, later in a tweet, and I 
I get that a lot, and that's why I'm sort of like transferring it to you. But um, I saw some of some of the criticism in my interactions with non-Brazilians. Like I wrote this tweet that was very basic and very harmless. It just said, "I don't care what you say, Michel Pérez is a treasure, and I will protect him," which is sort of like a meme in Brazil. Like we say something, and then I will protect him at the end. But anyway, uh, and most of the replies to that were negative. Like, dude belongs in Dancing with the Stars. Which is kind of actually a good career path. I got. Yeah, um, it's true. Yeah. <laughs> two, it's valid, actually. I got two clown emojis. I don't know if both are for Pereira or if one of them was for me. Very open ended there. And also, <laughs> can't make weight, can't win fights, cut him stat, which is interesting because he's one and one in the UFC. What do you mean he can't win fights? And, um,. And I saw in other people's mentions, like people calling him a garbage meme or comparing him to CM Punk. The dude has 33 professional fights, but by all means, by all means, just compare him to CM Punk. But yeah, long story short, people felt a certain way. But what I wanted to get here with you specifically, because you alluded to that in your tweet uh, about how criticism was coming, especially from Brazilian fans. And we hear that from Brazilian fighters sometimes, right? Like just a couple of weeks ago when Jessica Andrade um, lost her title, she addressed the Brazilian fans in particular um, when it came to like just the criticism that she got. And we saw that already with a few fighters. Some of them have complained about that with uh, Jose Aldo. And this is a question that I get asked a lot. And I don't I don't really know how to answer it, which might mean I'm sort of being a dick and transferring the, the responsibility here to you. But <laughs> do you feel like the Brazilian sports culture is more toxic? Um Yeah. Yeah. A short answer for that is yeah. Because aside from from soccer mm -hmm. uh, that Brazilian fans will will stick to the to, to one team their entire lives and fall that even even if they lose all the time, which is my case. <laughs> uh, in, in other sports, Brazilian loves winners. Mm -hmm. No one, even, I mean, there was a, just a small portion of, of Brazilians, the hardcore fans that really followed MMA, mm -hmm. and no one else uh, gave a damn about this, this, this sport until Anderson Silva became, became a star mm -hmm. and knocking out Vitor Belfort. He was already a champion, but no one gave him that attention until he beat a popular guy like Vitor Belfort. Mm -hmm. From 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 that point on, Brazilians found out they that we have champions, uh, with, uh, fighters that are respected in the U.S. and all over the world. So they they became passionate about it. Mm -hmm. They started w w watching their fights. Uh, Jose Aldo, Gino dos Santos, Anderson Silva, everyone, and they were fans. Uh, from uh, overnight, they became huge MMA fans. They would watch every card and this and that but when Anderson Silva lost and then Junior Dos Santos and all that they all of a sudden they they don't mean anything anymore mm -hmm. because they are not winners and uh, mm -hmm. Brazilian fans became tennis fans mm -hmm. uh, when Gustavo Kutin was uh, a three-time uh, Roland Garros winner yeah. uh, but then he retired he had a lot of injuries he, he stopped winning big tournaments so all of a sudden they don't care anymore that's just how the, the, the brazilian culture is mm -hmm. uh, if you just ignore soccer soccer doesn't get in, into this picture but everyone else every, every, every other sport if you're a winner they're gonna love you if you lose once they don't care about you anymore especially in this in this uh in this fashion like anderson Silva was a star he was already doing always doing his antics uh taunting and all that and 
it always worked. Mm -hmm. So he was a genius. Yeah. He was Muhammad Ali of MMA. But then when he did when, when he did that once against Chris Weidman and lost, all of a sudden he's a joke. He should he should never do that. Just serious. You, I mean, your your titles on the line. Take it seriously. But the reason why you you, you loved him in the first place because he was fighting like that. Mm -hmm. So. That, that's, that's the same thing that happened with Pereira. He's not the level of fighter that Anderson Silva is. Mm -hmm. I don't think he will ever get to that level. But the 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 way fans see him is the same way they saw Anderson Silva and they saw and they see Johnny Walker. One day Johnny Walker is going to lose in the UFC. He has lost many times, many many times before his career, like Pereira. Mm -hmm. But now it's working in the UFC. One day it won't work anymore, and then fans will will, will come out at him. That's interesting because uh, actually I, I saw the interview that you did with Pereira before the fight and he actually made that comparison himself, right, to Anderson Silva. Not that he was the Anderson Silva level, but that is sort of expected to get that same treatment. Yeah, exactly. And uh, like you said, Michael Page, uh, this, the same thing happened in Bellator. Mm -hmm. and the pe people were always asking him to, to get your opponents and this and that. He... he He, he got a feel, but then he lost to, to Douglas Lima. Yeah. He was really entertaining fight, but when he lost, you see, that's yeah. why I wanted him to fight a, a high-level fighter. Yeah. First time he's doing that, which wasn't the first time. It he started with, with guys Paul Daly too, right? Because he did that sort yeah. of boring fight. When he, when he couldn't get the finish, yeah. uh, see, he's exposed. I mean, yeah. fans, fans are weird. <laughs> and, and Brazil got the weirdest one. The bottom line of, the, of this podcast is fans are weird. Uh, but and yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you touched on a lot of the things that I and that's why I'm, I'm I wanted to ask you because I get asked this question a lot and I have a tough time answering it. But I do feel the same way uh, as you do in that we have a very specific like sort of winner driven culture. We like soccer and whatever else is winning. Um, like you 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 explained uh, perfectly, and I think we maybe in the U.S. Like, they have more sports to root for. It's the impression that I get. Like, they're more plural in their tastes. And sometimes in, in Brazil, like, this can get really toxic. And we also have that sort of, like, the culture of the hero, right? Like, we have Ayrton Senna. Uh, and then we had Guga, like you said. And then we had Ronaldo. And for a while, we had Anderson Silva and Neymar and Anderson Silva. So we have all these guys. And we sort of, like, put all these weight on them. And then the minute that, you know, it backfires... Um, Like, we forgive a lot when they're winning, and then the minute it backfires, then we turn on them. Um, but something else that I wanted to, to talk to you about uh, that also has to do with our Brazilianness. Uh, uh, we both know that in Brazilian MMA, like, we're often covering people who come from these sort of, like, tougher backgrounds, right? I'm not even talking about Michel specifically, though I do know that he had his struggles. Like, he's not coming from riches or anything. But um, I think in Brazil... And correct me if I'm wrong, but I do think that it's more the norm for us for a fighter to come from sort of a poor background, right, than to have a rich fighter. Like, we have an occasional fighter who is well off, but mostly that isn't the case. Um, yeah, it was like 1% uh, of Brazilian fighters uh, had a good life or were rich before uh, becoming MMA fighters. 99% yeah. of them were just poor and saw in this, in this sport a chance to to change your lives and make money. And I think when we 
yeah, I totally agree with you. I mean, it's an enormous proportion. I was being kind, but yeah, like I, I can think of like one fighter who is middle class, and the rest, like they had to really fight for, for what they had. And we, uh, I mean, there's a separation and a detachment that goes with our job, but it's hard to like entirely leave out emotion. And I do know, feel like from covering the sport and from telling these stories for so long and for like knowing what these guys have been through, I do feel like I sometimes get emotionally, I don't know if protective is the word, but I do get a little like personally upset to see people like shit on the, on, on, on these men and women because they have gone through so much to be there. And I feel like people um, sometimes don't acknowledge that. So my question for you is like, is that, something that you experienced as well like because you have that perspective do you get sort of like a little bit you know get personally involved and 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 sort of like take you know take it upon yourself to sort of want to defend them just because you know that they've been through so much yeah not only because because their life stories are are rough but because they are athletes they are competing they are putting their bodies in there mm -hmm. to entertain us and when you when, when someone doesn't like what they're seeing mm -hmm. they feel they're it's in their rights to to shit on you mm -hmm. online and to uh, like what 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 happened with Jose Aldo when he lost to Conor McGregor mm -hmm. that was insane if you went to his Twitter to social media fans are still doing that mm -hmm. every, every every time he tweets or he posts a picture on Instagram if you go there someone will write 13 mm -hmm. in the comment section yeah they still do that and it's so unfair I mean he was a uh, the UFC champion for a decade he wasn't he, he was a champion for a decade defeating everyone because one second one loss mm -hmm. he doesn't mean shit anymore you know it's it's so unfair so and especially in this case Jose Aldo having such a uh, rough lifestyle mm -hmm. uh, life story and uh, I mean that 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 really pisses me off <laughs> when 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 I see something like, something like that I, I usually ignore mm -hmm. or just block whoever tries to go that route I mean for 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 some time I stopped tagging me uh, in, the in the MMA fighting tweets mm -hmm. when when we write a story and we just tweet the headlines and tag whoever wrote the story and the link mm -hmm. for the story Every time it was a Josie Aldo story, I wouldn't tag my tag my my Twitter accounts on the MMA fighting uh, tweets because it would just flood my my mentions with a lot of memes and pictures and 13 seconds. And, I, and I'm not saying that I got offended with that; it would bother me, but it was so annoying. <laughs> it would just <laughs> blow my my phone up. I, I so I chose just not to to put my name there. Yeah. And. Yeah, I'm just raining here, but yeah, no, it's, I, I it's get annoying. That it's just culture in MMA. Yeah, I get that because I do the same, and you're and with you, it's way worse because like because you've been with MMA fighting for much longer. We sort of have similar, I guess, professional trajectories. But you went to MMA fighting way before I went to MMA Junkie, which for those of you who don't know, is where I worked before the Athletic. And you have a lot more followers than I do. And I do remember particularly with the Aldo incident that you were getting an avalanche of 13s and things like that, which I have been mostly able to avoid void and if it's annoying to me <laughs> i can't imagine how it is to you because you have all those followers but this really leads imagine to how annoying it is to aldo oh yeah well absolutely well <laughs> thankfully he's a very chill guy and he's not online all that much because i'm sure it yeah. sucked i 
but that kind of ties into another question that I had for you. Um, also, something I get a lot and also some somewhat of a broad question that I find it hard to answer. Um, it does seem sometimes like MMA fans are more toxic than the average sports fans. And we often joke about it, right? Like MMA is going to MMA and things like that. Uh, but we know how it is here also with soccer and stuff. Like even with soccer, it can get like physically bad as in actual deaths happen. And um, I wonder sometimes myself if it is actually that MMA fandom is worse uh, or is it just that I've been inserted in it for so long that my perspective has changed? Or is it just that they're more online, I guess, than other fan bases? Um, so my question, have you ever thought about that and have you come to an answer when it comes to that question of whether MMA fans are more toxic than other sports fans? I think they're more online than, than mm -hmm. others and that's the world we live in. We're, we're surrounded by them. So mm -hmm. that affects us way more than other sports fans. But I, I, I have a lot of fans who cover uh, soccer in Brazil mm -hmm. and, I, and I see when they, when they tweet something. But in, in soccer, it's involved, it involves the passion of the, the supporter. I mean, if, if a reporter writes a story that isn't good for Flamengo, mm -hmm. this huge soccer team here in Brazil, mm -hmm. their fans will go straight into the journalist, um, his, his social media will write a bunch of stuff, calling him names, this and that. Even if the story is true, even if mm -hmm. it's a fair story, they don't, they, they don't care. Yeah. They don't want you writing bad stuff about their teams. So it's a different thing if, if you compare it to MMA. I, I mean, if you're not talking about Conor and Habib, fighters that have a huge following mm -hmm. and doesn't matter what they do, they will always support them. Uh, in MMA is different because you don't follow a fighter like you follow a soccer team so it's a bit different but I, I think it's as toxic as any other sports fan but it's the it happens to be the world that we live in so yeah. it affects us way more and we tend to think that uh, our world is worse yeah. than, than, than the other guys but I think it's just as bad yeah. I think it's just as bad I'm kind of with you there and I think with soccer there's like a, a numbers thing too because it's so like our universe is tiny compared to soccer's right here in Brazil. So it's like our fellow journalists who cover soccer are exposed to much more hatred, I guess, because it's so like the fans, there are so many more of them. So I just think that also sort of like changes proportions, I think. But I'm, I'm with you there. I don't know if it's more toxic. I just I feel like because we're so exposed to it sometimes and maybe they're just like very, very into it because I feel like MMA is sort of like a niche sport in a way. We still have a niche sport mentality is how I, I feel about it sometimes. And when you have a niche sport mentality, you feel very passionately about it. So I do feel like that also sort of plays a part. Like the fans are still like very, very like into it. Um, and that sometimes I think can backfire. Um, uh, but my last question, and it's on a brighter note, because uh, going back to Pereira, like it wasn't all bad feedback, right? Like I started a lot, I saw a lot of people um, sort of saying that he didn't entirely make sense to them, <laughs> but that they were so <laughs> interested in watching him fight uh, that you know whatever else that he's up to, we want to uh, see him do it again. Uh, he won a bonus; it was his second one. He just couldn't get the money because he missed weight, so the bon the bonus went straight to his opponent. But you know, he's like two fights into his UFC career 
uh, two bonuses. He was on like CNN on Sunday, and I was there too with my tweet. Um, not to brag, but <laughs> so he became a storyline, right? One of the main storylines of the card. So I think this is sort of a two-part question for you. Um, you sort of touched on that first one in terms of just athleticism and just skill. Um, what do you see? Like, how do you feel the ceiling is for him? And also, he's a bit of a novelty act at this point, right? He's still very fresh. So do you think his showmanship um, is sustainable in the long run or that people might grow like sort of tired of watching him? I know I won't be tired of him. <laughs> I know I just want to watch him fight every time. I just, I just think that... Uh, I, I, th I think he has, he has to make a decision. He had a uh, rough weight cuts. He, mm -hmm. he posted on his social media that uh, two of his corners weren't there uh, to help him cut the eight. So, so he was just left by himself to, mm -hmm. to try to make weight. That's why uh, he, he, he couldn't make weight. But I think he should move up to middleweight. I think he mm -hmm. should... Uh, stop cutting all the way down to 170 because if it was a 175 weight class it would be perfect for him but I mean he used to fight a heavyweight cause he, but he's not a heavyweight he was just not cutting weight but I think this sh the UFC should treat him as a novelty he should treat him as entertainment don't, don't, don't try to move him up the rankings and give him all the big names and all that Treat him like that. Just give him someone that they won't grapple with him. They won't just uh, outrest him. Uh, of course, it's a sport. this is a sport. If you throw him in there against a striker, maybe he would try to take him down regardless. But treat him like some, someone that's going there to entertain us, not as, as a future champion, yeah. if that makes sense. It, no. it makes it makes absolute sense and that's also what i was thinking because um that's it like when i look at him i don't necessarily see a future ufc champion but do we need to see a ufc champion every time we see a fight up there like we know a lot of them won't be so it's kind of like why not yeah, just there are 600 fighters <laughs> in the ufc i mean just that's a small portion is going to be a tiny little portion yeah. is championship material and, and the small portion is just actually going to win the UFC title. He doesn't need to be that guy. Yeah. He just, just a body going there to entertain us. Let's just enjoy. <laughs> yeah, let's just have fun watching him doing this stuff. So, uh, and, and people will complain whenever, it's interesting, right? Because people will complain whenever a guy is born. Like, you might, you look at a Leon Edwards, the guy's like on an eight fight winning streak and he's asking for things. And at the same time, people are like, oh, but he doesn't move the needle. Like, he's not making us want to tune in. Uh, so he gets hate for that too so it's kind of like i just always feel like people are looking for this perfect balance this perfect uh idea of a fighter that right now the thing that mostly most closely resembles that to me is justin gaethje because he's both yeah. exciting and has those killer instincts and the skills but it's so rare that i feel like this is an unfair weight that people put on fighters um to expect that to reach that ideal balance um so basically what we're saying here is that yes people hate fun <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's the the my my biggest takeaway from from this discussion is that people hate fun they 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 want to sit there and complain about someone uh 
uh, wrestling for 15 minutes. They want to sit there and complain about that. But, but, but when someone tries to do something different, they are going to complain as well. I'm not saying that Pereira does, does the perfect uh, type of fighting that mm -hmm. everyone should start doing backflips and, and stupid shit. But, but he's, he's doing that. He, he, he has a good record doing that since his days fighting in Brazil. So let's not treat him like Okay, now he, he, he. I mean, if let's let's say uh, if Glover Teixeira tries to do a backflip <laughs> in a fight, and all of a sudden he he, he ch completely changes his style to do that, yeah, doing backflips and uh, uh, showtime kicks. Okay, now you, you can complain because he became a title challenge in UFC doing what he does, mm -hmm. and if he, if he tries his style, you can complain. But maybe Chapiria has been doing that for a decade. Mm -hmm. It doesn't make sense for you to complain that that, that he doesn't work, that you he, that, that he should respect the the sport of mixed martial arts. Yeah, it doesn't make sense. It pisses me off, man. I'm really, I'm really fired up. <laughs> I can see that. Uh, no, but that's good. That's good. I'm fired up as well. I, I'm glad we're on the same frequency. But I think that's. I guess we're not giving you a message of hope here today. <laughs> we no. If we could fix online shittiness, this podcast wasn't, wouldn't exist. So, <laughs> instead, <laughs> well, actually, <laughs> well, actually, thanks for that. Guy. I was really looking forward to my first men's planner here. Uh, but because I want to send this off on a positive note today, uh, I asked on Twitter for people to give me ideas for this week's podcast, and Ben Folks, my colleague here at The Athletic, told me to do a show based on Brazilian expressions that make no sense in English. Obviously, extremely unhelpful. Thank you, Ben. But uh, the tweet did get some traction, so I'll meet you guys halfway. I asked Guy uh, to pick his favorite Brazilian expression that doesn't make a lot of sense in English, uh, and I picked one myself. So, Guy, what, what did you go with? I can curse, right? Yes, absolutely. Sorry, Tyler, our producer. Tyler. Sorry, Tyler. <laughs> uh, I, 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 I brought one that fits perfectly in this discussion yeah. of people hating Michel Pereira and hating fun. Uh, this situation is de cair o cu da bunda. Oh my God, that was the one I picked. That is insane. <laughs> okay, no, but... <laughs> that is... <laughs> crazy yes. but go ahead give me your your yeah. explanation i'm just really excited because i i just i went with the same thing but go ahead because <laughs> it fits perfect it was the first thing that, that i <laughs> that i thought about when i saw all this this uh online criticism and complaining about something fun uh, bunda is uh something so absurd and and crazy that that you can't believe it's real they can't believe it's just it's it's happening uh How would you the, translate the, it though? Like, yes, I would, that's that's a complicated. <laughs> I went with it's to drop the asshole from the ass. Yes, that's a that's a perfect way to translate this incredible expression. <laughs> it could do we fall could work like it's to fall the asshole from the ass, but I don't think like grammatically it fits. Yeah. Yeah, like and it's it's perfect. It's, <laughs> it's the this is a situation when you 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 use that, you know. Yeah. Oh, people are criti criticizing Michel Pereira. That's de cair o cu da bunda. So exactly. Yeah, people are gonna have fun with that. Yeah, in unbelievable but in that. a bad way. That's sort of like the the de cair o cu da bunda. Yeah. And I, it's, it's not funny. a good way. Not in a good way. <laughs> 
I've, I picked the same one because of the same reason and because I feel that way a lot about a lot of MMA things in general. And also, like, when I was looking up the expressions, a lot of them were asshole related. I feel like Brazilians have a very specific objection, <laughs> obsession with assholes uh, in our sayings. So, yeah, that's interesting. I guess I'll leave you guys to that reflection. <laughs> <laughs> And, <laughs> yep, on that note, that was it, I guess, for this week's podcast. Uh, thank you so much for joining me, Guy, and for being my patient guinea pig, my first ever guest. On the bright side, when I'm famous, you'll be able to use this experience as sort of yes. an anecdote, yes. right? One day, I'm going to have a Wikipedia name, uh, Wikipedia page, and I'll make sure that's that's included there. <laughs> awesome. That was just your your, your first guest. Yeah, I'll I'll, re I'll cherish. <laughs> thank you very this much for having me. It was, it's been a pleasure. It was incredible. Oh, it was thank fun. you. And thank you so much. I'm hoping to have you again here soon to complain about more things. And as for the rest of you, I will see you next week for more MMA and other stuff. Hey there, listeners. We're excited to share some big news. Our team here at The Athletic and our friends at Wondery just launched a brand new daily sports show called The Lead that we know you are going to love. The Lead is the first daily sports news podcast that will cover everything from the world stage to the hometown. With the help of The Athletic's more than 400 sports writers and editors, co-hosts Kavitha Davidson and Anders Kelto will bring you sports news up close and personal each weekday morning. You're about to hear a preview of The Lead. Subscribe to The Lead on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening right now so you don't miss an episode. There's also a link in the episode notes that will take you there. And check out theathletic.com slash the lead to read stories featured on The Lead. You can follow sports through sound bites or the full story. From up in the press box or down on the sidelines. What do you want to accomplish this year? Actually, I want to accomplish getting on this team first. This fall, a new daily podcast brings you closer to the sports stories that matter. Stories about players. A guy like Zion just represents that hope of the failures of the past don't matter because we've got this guy now. That's the buzzer. Stories about hometowns. You will see hundreds of people wearing number 32 Simpson jerseys uh, in the stands on Sunday afternoons for a Bills home game. And stories about the teams you love. This was the first chance for all those baseball fans to see their guy. From The Athletic, home to the best storytelling in sports. And Wondery, the company behind Sports Wars and Gladiator. I'm Kavitha Davidson. And I'm Anders Kelto. Introducing The Lead. Go beyond the box score five days a week. This isn't a story where you go to some place and interview the athlete and go home. It stays with you. Are you kidding me? I've never seen anything like that. The lead premieres September 16th on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening right now. Oh, the lead. Sports up close. Hey, hey, I need some more of that.